This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. 216-474-0092. He is Jeff Phelps. I'm Andy Baskin. I uh, just had Curtis Stanberg on from the Guardians telling you about all the events that are going on and uh, to get you ready for opening day. Can you imagine how many people are going to be here downtown for opening day between it's gonna be a zoo. NASA and uh, and the ballpark? And, you know, so that's why it's a little bit after 5 o'clock. First pitch uh, for that game. So, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun day. Should be a big party here, don't you think? I mean, it's already a party Always when it's opening is on day. Always day, yeah. And so, you know, when you... Mix in the sun going away, what's you got a big deal. Are you excited for the eclipse at all? I'm just... uh, no. It'll be cool, but... Yeah, I think, I mean, it'll, it'll be quick. I just wonder how how downtown's going to be. Like, how insane this place is going to be. Meredith, you were saying something about the Metro Parks, too? That the Metro yeah, parks I, mean, are yeah, to I think Metro them? Parks are holding different events and different areas around like Rocky River, Lakewood, Westlake. They're expecting a huge, huge influx of tourists for it. Hmm. I, I don't know. I wonder how many people have like even thought about it because now I'm starting to see signs and ads and like just participating in the day itself for the eclipse just to kind of be a part of it while you're here. And, and we're not. Looking at another total, I just was reading this, uh, total eclipse over the United States until 44. So we're looking at another 20 years before you can kind of experience this again. Are, are we going to have to study up on our science? I don't know. This is Like, this has got to be the Super Bowl for science teachers, right? I would think so. They're very exciting. Very exciting for all these science teachers. So I'm looking forward to that. And, we need uh, an eclipse expert on call. Do we have one? Better find one. I wonder if Brian Anderson. Menigan's is on vacation right now. He's he's working on that. I bet he knows that. Sitting at home. I bet he knows. Mowing the lawn that. and working on that. That's probably what Brian Anderson's doing right now. He's probably getting ready to be able to watch the eclipse. He'll probably be coming up here too. Brian expected to join us here uh, shortly on Baskin and Phelps. Uh, until then, Jeff, there's so many other things going on. And it, you do know, agree, do you agree with the thought I had for Curtis about the ballpark? I've always loved our ballpark. I do too. Yeah, I, I think it's it was. Well built, well designed, and it's been well maintained. I, I didn't like I didn't like the you know big cargo carriers up top. I thought that was he a laughed about him. I thought it was funny because yeah. we were all like, "What are we doing with these things up there?" I, I hope I like what it looks like when they blow out the windows in the old Terrace Club. Right? Yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool part of the ballpark. Now I will say, not overly accessible to a lot of people on game day. At least it never felt that way to me. I know you could get in there. I just thought it was a really cool look for the ballpark. I hope it still looks as cool. I hope the added seats that Curtis said they're replacing some of the stuff with seats. I hope that looks good. I, I they've never messed it up big time before, Andy. 
I don't think they'll mess it up big time now. Do you remember when they first opened the ballpark, the bleachers? Oh. The bleachers were straight. Yeah, they had to add two sections on there. They added two there. sections, one on each and side. And then they put another section in it, center field to make out there. it bigger. So that's, that's you know, just one of the minor things. You can always tell you know, if you see a, a shot of the bleachers and they don't have the two sections on the end. You know when that was from. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how you can kind of tell the timeline exactly. of the ballpark yeah. from all those older shows. I just remember the first time, and I this is what I think I'm hoping for, I think when we walk in there on April 8th for the first game of the season at home, um, is that, oh, my God, I'm in Cleveland feeling. Like, I, the first time I walked into that ballpark, you know, in the 90s, I was like, is this Cleveland? Is this real? Pinch me. I can't believe this. This I, is. I was. It was just, it was spectacular feeling to know that something like that was in your hometown. And by the way, when you look at all these ballparks across Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. it has really stood the test of time. Well, it's a, it's a great ballpark. You know, Camden Yards kind of set the tone. And the folks, if I remember correctly, my timeline is correct on this, the folks in Chicago kind of lost out. They got the last of these circular cookie-cutter kind of ballparks. Yeah. And they built the new Comiskey. Yeah. And then Camden Yards came out, and that changed everything. You could kind of see where it was going when you would walk. I mean, they went back to that to when it was U.S. Cellular. And you know how we took stands where you'll see for the first time that stands were removed from here yeah. for the ballpark here. But they lopped off five rows of the top of that stadium in Chicago to make it a more intimate ballpark. Yeah, Camden Yards just changed everything because it was so cool. And it had that because it was old new. Well, it had that old style feel, but now every new ballpark that's built has that old style feel. You know? Yeah, I don't. Is it the brick? Is it the? What, what do you think it is? Why? It, why do we feel that? Well, to me, it's the brick. It's the green. You know, the green seats I thought were part of it. We'll see how that plays out now. Um, I like the blue seats. I don't think it's a big deal at all. I haven't seen the blue seats. Well, I, there's been pictures them on, of them. Yeah, yeah I know, but pic- pictures won't do the same for you as sitting there and seeing what it's like. You'll get that eventually. You know, there was always talk of, like, putting a hotel. There, at first, there were, like, oh, they're going to put a hotel in down there, and that hotel was going to be on that little patch of grass. Um, oh, I don't know. What is that? It's East Ninth, right? Is that what that is over there? I'm just trying to think. It's uh, over by where, uh, I don't know, there's been a million restaurants in the, the spot. But over there, um, as you head towards the Nines, if you're walking out. And then... Um, then they talked about at one point, I thought this was really cool, where where they blew out all the seats. They were talking about putting a hotel in on that side of the ballpark. And I was like, ah, oh, that's not a bad idea either. It is going to be weird with the Terrace Club uh, not being there anymore. And I, I, there's a basic question that I, I think is interesting. I find myself, like when I would go to spring training, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of sitting. I, I kind of like the fact that there's more open. Yeah, that you can, can kind of I mean, I want to have a seat so I can sit. But I also want to be able to walk around and watch the game from other places. There's, it's really funny. At Fenway, there's a goofy spot out in uh, left field if you're sitting in the upper deck out there. Because, you know, they had to redo that. Like, that didn't yeah. even exist at one point. And it used to be the old roof of the stadium that they had to, you know, reinforce and do that. But they've got this it's, – it's really weird. You walk up there, and then you head down the, uh, you head down the left field line, and they've got this bar – has no reason to be there, but yet they put this little bar. It's got like 10 seats on it, and behind the bar is the field and what's going on behind it, but they've got a wall up, so you have to watch on TV. It's just, it's one of those things that's like, 
wait a minute, you're at the game, but you're watching it on TV, but the game's going on right behind that wall. Why are you sitting at the bar? I just, I find it funny sometimes, you know, like the reality is the game is going on right in front of you, yet sometimes we'd rather watch it on TV while I, we're at the place where the game's going on. I, I would, tell me if this, if you feel anything like this. I think Fenway is awful and awesome all at the same time. Uh, I agree with you. Yes. You know, it, it's it's not a great place to watch a baseball game. The seats were built when people were skinny. No, that's true. <laughs> that it, It's a tight fit in there. And it, getting around the concourse is really challenging. It's real small. You know, yeah. It's just a, it's an old-style design. It's League Park, right? And, and yet, man, is it cool. It's really cool. I think and that, that monster, when you're in that ballpark, Andy, it's right there. It's it's stunning. We were there last. How close that thing feels. It's either last summer or two summers ago. I can't remember. That, you know, they, they did a great job with that park, and that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what they do when we walk in, you know, to the first game of the season this year against the White yeah, Sox. I, I, it's they be- did a great job in Boston being able to capture the spirit of what that – ballpark is yeah. still be able to add seats on like did you ever think that seats on top of the monster would be a good idea yet now you watch it you take it for granted and it looks pretty cool but i'm sure it was controversial yeah, at the time because oh, remember People they were talking know. about building an exact replica of the ballpark with modern stuff yeah. on the other side of the freeway you've been on top of the monster in those seats haven't you yeah it's really cool it is cool it's it's awesome it's a weird ballpark though yeah. it really is i it just but you know, and so we are lucky to have a ballpark like we do here. I don't know that people one of the first times it. I was in it, Fenway was just trash. I mean, because they, they hadn't really fixed it up, and there literally, literally was trash, like stacked in the concourse. You know, like they were tearing out wood. Well, it's all stacked all over the place. Yeah, and it wasn't like stacked neatly, like we're gonna get rid of it. They just dumped it. And then the next time I was in it, they had cleaned it all up, and it was really cool. And if you're ever fortunate enough to get inside the monster, that's really cool because the Sign, yeah, sign you sign your wall. name on the yeah. on the wall there. The, the, the old Yankee Stadium was a dump too. I didn't like that place at all, except for Monument Park. I thought Monument Park was really cool. Yeah, but that that place reeked of tradition. It, well, it, so was, it, Fenway, was, it was old and it was beat up, but I, I really liked the old Yankee Stadium. It was pretty cool. I don't know the other like I don't ever do, does anyone here. I've never once heard anybody have like other than stories they have about being in the dog pound. Like I never felt this great affinity to want to remember municipal stadium at all like i don't i just remember going to when i was a kid it was just empty all the time you know what the great part of municipal stadium was it was ours and it was our youth you know it was where it was where we went to see our team play that that's what was great about it and you rarely had to fight the crowds at a baseball game no you never did and you could always walk up buy a ticket by the way um one of the things for the guardians this year is because there's no box office because of the construction right now so Everything's digital as far as buying um, tickets. And today, by the way, is single-game tickets on 216 day um, for Guardians for this year. And so now you know the time for opening day as well. So. The upper deck seats, box seats at the old stadium, the red ones. Remember? Yeah. Those were great seats to watch. I don't know. When I was a kid, I was scared to death to walk up the – uh, Well, just – just to, to walk, because I remember being little and walking up the ramp yeah. and how steep the ramp was. And they weren't like, I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't. Weren't as protected as today's ramps. Right. Am I, am I nuts? <laughs> There's a little fence. 
It was a fence, right? You'd walk up a tunnel, and there'd be yeah. a fence on the outside, yeah. and then all of a sudden well, you'd pop out. you weren't going to jump or, you know, bash yourself against the fence. No, but it was scary. I think when I was young, I was like, um, these are, I can't wait to sit down because I wanted to sit. And I didn't feel that way again until I was at AT&T in Dallas mm. when Ohio State was in the national championship there, and the media seats were way, way up there. You're like two miles away, and they're super steep. Like, I would never want to go to sit in a game there. I would if, – if I wasn't working that game, there's no way I would buy a ticket to go sit in the upper deck at AT&T. And it's the NFL on television. You can't beat it. No, you can't. You really can't. You can't beat it at all. All right, let's come back. I want to talk a little bit about a scoring record and something that's catching all of our attention. And then we'll get into basketball as well. Chris Fedor, 1240. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Big night last night, college basketball, women's college basketball, that is. Which, by the way... People are paying attention to now, Andy. Well, imagine what a ticket's going to go for here Woo-hoo. in Northeast Ohio if. at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So uh, what is that? April 5th. That'll be the semifinals. And if. If. I, I mean, you got to, especially, look, Ohio State's playing really well right now, but uh, I mean, that's not the story across the country. It's Caitlin Clark, and she is. And you know, she broke the NCAA women's hoop scoring record last night. I, like I said, I saw. At one point, tickets were going for like more than five hundred bucks for that game last night. They pack it, man. So, and she is just a ton of fun to watch. She's wildly entertaining, Andy. And if you've not watched her play, think of Steph Curry, and she has that kind of game. And I say that with admiration and disbelief, because they both put up shots. I mean, the shots she made last night from I don't know. 15, 10 feet behind the three-point line. The logo. She just let logo it, let shots, it fly yeah. and broke the, broke the scoring record, Kelsey Plum's scoring record. And 
you shouldn't take that shot. Well, let's, but, let's be honest. You shouldn't yeah, take that shot. Yeah, but we say shot. that about Steph Curry exactly. over and over and over and over exactly. again. Exactly. Yeah. How many people... How many people would you allow to take that shot? In the NBA, Steph Curry. That's about it. And in college basketball at any level, Caitlin Clark. And then she made another one later on in the game. From 40, the same, from the 49 same points. It was her career high. She, she broke the scoring record in a game where she broke her own individual scoring record. It's amazing. I mean, you're talking about like what she has been able to do for the game, I don't. Is it? I don't want to say Jordan like, but is it Jordan like? I mean, we're talking about, you know. I, I think it's Steph Curry like, Andy. It's her game is her game is like Steph's, where he, you know, Steph will do a lot of spinning. He drives to the basket well. He handles the ball well. Does odd things to get to the basket when he goes that way, and then has no conscience when it comes to shooting. I mean, he'll put up anything. And so will she. And she's good at it. And she's she's phenomenal. It, you want to watch, if, if you don't think the WNBA is popular enough now, just wait. When she gets to the WNBA, it's going to become a, a an even bigger deal than it is now. And the, the hard part, though, there is the time of year. Because there, I mean... I wonder how ratings will be, you know, especially you're up against baseball, you're up against, you know, the NBA season's over, so you're still watching. But, I, you know, the thought of uh, 55, almost 56,000 fans mm-hmm. to watch a women's basketball game, oh, to go silly. see her. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah, I mean, think about it. What's the average NBA game? 20-something? Something? 18, 19. Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah so... Um, you know, to think that she's got that, and then I'm assuming she'll be in the Olympics, right? I, I just haven't looked at the women's Olympic team because we're talking about the men's Olympic team too. So, um, but I, you know, I mean, it is fun to watch her, and she is, uh, she has definitely like impacted sports in general. And, and, you know, you think back to even the Ohio State game when you know she kind of bumped into somebody at the end of the game, and that that that, that became a gigantic story. And how much fun that is. And then, With you know. Angel, Angel Reese. Yeah. But, you know, and then to think, all right, you know, is this run going to end here in Cleveland for her for the women's Final Four? Imagine, you know, we're talking about opening day, right? Um, imagine what that's, what the Final Four is going to be like around here. I mean, it's just going to be a total, there's going to be a buzz in the city like crazy. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It, it really is. And her her game is just wildly entertaining, and I, I don't know how it'll play out. Wouldn't you love to see Iowa LSU in a rematch right here in downtown Cleveland? Wouldn't that be awesome? As I was just looking up tickets for it too, it's saying selling fast for that <clears throat> for the championship game on the seventh Sunday at three thirty. Let's see how much tickets are going for. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at this, just wondering. Like this is super interesting. Um, let's go to Ed and Leary. Hi, Ed. You're looking 300 bucks for tickets right now. Yeah, Ed I don't know much about Caitlin Clark, but I would kind of say maybe more like a Pete Maravich shooting from everywhere. If you guys are old enough to know Pete Maravich, if they had the three-point uh, arc when he was playing, he'd probably have a few thousand more points. That's, and, a, that's uh, an interesting comparison, do, Ed, but, but I think I think her game is Steph Curry. Okay, but uh, 
You need to educate your screen call on who Pete Maravich is. All right, we'll do it. Thank you. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank Bye. you. All right. What did you tell him? You didn't know who Pete Maravich was? I have no clue. Andy, we work with. Do we have to give him a history we work lesson? With young punks. I don't know. Do you know where? No mi- punk. Do you know where Municipal Stadium was? The lakefront. You sure? Good like, guess. I'm definitely wrong. Oh, you, you think so? Was, do you think it was closer to uh, uh, East Lake or West Lake, or do you think it was in the current spot where the, the stadium is right now? Well, I live right next to West Lake, so I'll say West Lake. Should I stop now? Just stop. I'll stop now. Okay, I'm gonna let you stop. It is on the same site. For future reference, it's so weird. He's so knowledgeable on some stuff, and I look at him, and I'm like, "Wow, I can't believe he knew that." And then he knows how to cook French fries. Oh, he's good at that too. Uh, looking at tickets for the Final Four here for the mm-hmm. women's Final Four, uh, a couple of five hundred buck tickets already. This is for the championship game, seven twenty. Wow, man, there's some pretty eleven hundred, eleven hundred, and you'll be able to get them for nine ninety nine. Like $9.99 if Iowa doesn't make it. Oh, I don't know. No, if Ohio State makes it, you'll still it'll be. I, I'm not Iowa saying it'll Ohio be the State same if Caleb Clark's there. If what? Take out Ohio State and Iowa and you're in trouble. <sighs> no, you're not. I mean, it's going to be if, sold out. We've had women's hold, Final Fours if before. If you're holding tickets. Yeah. You're just hoping like crazy that Iowa makes it. And then you're hoping Ohio State and LSU make it. All right, I'm just looking at two seats seated together. Can you put them in different brackets? I don't know. See for the women's, um, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, because sometimes it doesn't happen, depending yeah. on where they're. they're Although ranked. a lot of times, if you're in the same conference, they try to separate you. Sometimes, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. That's what the whole selection day is all about, Andy. Oh, Jeff, you're. I'm so excited for March Madness right now. I thought you would be. I don't, I'm looking at semifinal seats for good. If looking, at, I mean, the low end. I don't even oh, so sold a few hours ago. Yeah, for two eighty. Two eighty. Wow, it's going to be a bot. Man, we we got some great weekends coming up here. Let's hope the weather's good for all this stuff, right? Yeah, because it'll affect the game inside that arena. Well, that's all around the same time. Opening day, Eclipse. Why do you have to be so negative like that? It wasn't negative. Well, I'd, I'd call it snarky. I don't know. If the field house maybe can go with a retractable roof, it'll be awesome. <laughs> that's not the Baskin and Phelps retractable we're talking about, Andy. Come on, man. Why can't we just get like one of those big sardine can things? Although it'd be hard with all the electronics on the roof off. now. Get some spam. If, and open yeah, if they that didn't have up. the electronics and they didn't put like air conditioning units up there, why couldn't they just get one of those big keys and you just turn it and it opens it up like right sardine can? Isn't that what that was? That's a, those are interesting. I always thought that was an interesting packaging concept. Where you put that little key in, you know, it's strapped to the top, and then you twist it's it. Easier than well, if you don't have a can opener, don't you think that's a little bit easier? I don't know. Chris Fedor well, is going to yeah, join us here. If you don't have a can opener, you're not going to get a can open. So it's nice that they give you a little key to open that can. You know, there are other ways to do it, Jeff. You could maybe find a saw. Um, you could start to try to poke holes in the thing on the top, especially if you've got a little vengeance and you're mad at your co-host and you're like, Dr. Redpen wouldn't let me open this. Oh, I'd let you open it. Sure you would. Cavaliers, a little bit of a break here. Chris Fedor is going to join us uh, in just a few moments from the plane dealer at Cleveland.com. We got our fingers crossed for this interview. Uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later in the hour. In fact, about 10 minutes away. Uh, as we head into the all-star break here, um, I don't know if we did this the other day, but your assessment of, of what you're expecting from the Cavs in the second half of the season, Jeff. Continued good team play. I, I hate that's the, what you're expecting, or that's what is going to cause success? 
No, because if they I'm, go away from it, are they in trouble? That's what I'm expecting. I mean, you don't win 18 of 20 and then think, yeah, okay, let's try something else. Do you? No. Now, can they sustain that? Can Can everybody be satisfied with the roles they play in team play? Can they? You know, you talk about team play, but then we're also getting into this conversation. Uh, and Brad Doherty talked about some of this too. And I think this weekend could be big for Donovan Mitchell as far as the MVP race is concerned. I don't know. Does he have a chance to kind of squeak out some more headlines on this? Should he be in the MVP race, Jeff? Why not? I, I think he should, especially when you look at his numbers across the league. There are a lot of guys, though, Andy. I, again, I'm, I'm not going to get all fired up about awards that you know you can't control. You can't control how people are going to vote for the MVP. Nobody knows. So I, I wouldn't. If I'm Donovan Mitchell, my concern going to the All-Star weekend is not about trying to attract MVP voters. Maybe, it, maybe it helps. I don't know. Six days. I'm just I'm reading Fox Sports. I'm trying to stay away from uh, the betting stuff. But um, six days ago, there was a report from Fox Sports. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. They put, they put the top seven on there, right? And he's not even on there. And so now you're starting to hear people make noise for him to be at least considered for the MVP. And then you have to say, well, can he break past even these seven guys that are in there? Uh, Jokic, uh, Shea, Gilgis Alexander, Giannis, Luka, Kawhi. Isn't it great that we know these guys all by first name, too? Well, it's, a, Brunson, it's a league of first names. Uh, Jason Tatum. It's almost like Cher, you know, that whole thing. I mean, it, it, what's he... What's it going to take for him to get more recognition than these other guys to start to, you know, make waves? I, I, and he's not going to be the MVP. No way. His name's not even going to be in the conversation? I didn't say that. I think he well, might he's be not even in the conversation when I'm reading this story. No, I, I just don't think he's going to be the MVP. Hmm. So what? That doesn't mean he's not a, a phenomenal player and the key to the entire thing going on with the Cavaliers because he is. I wonder what um, Chris Fedor is going to have to say about that because we're going to we're going I'm going to ask him about that when he comes up here in a couple seconds. Um, other things you're looking forward to seeing in the second half for the Cavaliers, Jeff. Um, I want to see Evan Mobley keep taking a step. You know, I, obviously, Andy, I, I haven't I haven't shifted off that. Evan's the guy that you know that I'm most concerned with, and I I, I want to see what he can do. Well, we'll see how they shake through all this other stuff, and then they move forward. Chris Fedor is going to join us next. Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, and that's next on Baskin and Phelps. 216-474-0092. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All-star break in the NBA. The Cavaliers playing some great basketball down the stretch here. Uh, winning 18 of their last 20 games before we hit the All-Star break. When they come back on the other side on February 22nd, they will host Orlando before going on the road to take on Philadelphia and Washington. Then they'll host Dallas again and close out the month at Chicago. So some teams we're getting used to seeing here a little bit in the stretch run there. But, you know, you look at what the Cavaliers were able to do um, over the last month, and I think it's just been exciting. Let's get more insight and... uh, Direction on where this team's going to be going in this, not the second half, the second, the last third of the season. Jeff, final Armstrong third, final so, third. With the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that knows it all. He is Chris Fedor, and of course, he is from Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. And of course, every once in a while, you hear him out on the air. He is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Chris, is there any rest for the weary? Do you get to take a couple days off here, or are you all star bound? I am not all-star bound. Thank God. I am taking an actual all-star break. It's Woo-hoo! going to be fantastic. Nice. <laughs> Glad for you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad for you. What surprised you most in the first two-thirds of the season, if anything? Honestly, guys, I think it's just their ability to overcome the mountain of injuries that they've had to deal with throughout the course of the season, especially the ones to Evan Mobley and Darius Garland that coincided with one another. I mean, to be without 40% of your every night starting lineup for six straight weeks, I mean, that's asking a lot. But credit to the Cavs. Um, The bench stepped up. Donovan Mitchell stepped forward, played like an MVP candidate. Jared Allen turned himself back into an all-star worthy player. Um, But for them to be where they are, second place in the Eastern Conference, one of the best teams in the entire NBA, without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland playing for that stretch of time, I think is um, a product of, of the talent level on this team. I think it's a product of the coaching, and I think it's a product of the added depth, and that was a big focus this past offseason for the Cavs, and it's shown itself. I heard Mike Gansey say the other day, we didn't know necessarily that we had all this depth. Right. And, and I thought that was a an interesting, honest answer, Chris. And – they clearly showed that they had plenty of depth when these guys were out. And I like the way they've played when, when everybody's been back. Can everybody keep their egos in check and continue to play this way? Because it clearly makes them a real – I mean, they're, they're getting 30 assists a game. They're, they're really difficult to beat when they move the ball like that. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, there's enough evidence pointing to these guys understand – Um, what it's going to take to be successful. These guys understand how they can fit into the fabric of this team. These guys understand that this playing style um, lends itself to successful basketball. And look, I mean, Darius Garland by nature is a selfless basketball player. Darius Garland by nature is somebody who has the ability 
to shoot from the outside and, and be part of a team that bombs a whole bunch of three-pointers. He's comfortable enough playing off the ball that he doesn't have to dominate possessions. And Evan Mobley, I think, is the kind of guy who impacts winning in a variety of ways, but he's always trying to make the right play. He's not out there trying to get his numbers. He doesn't care about his touches. He doesn't care about his shot attempts. So having those kinds of guys, those are the ones that you're trying to reacclimate here in the final third of this season. Like they're the right kinds of guys to play this kind of style. But are there going to be hiccups? Of course there are. Because you're asking these guys, in some ways you're asking them to be used in a different way than, than how they were used at the beginning of the season. And you're asking Darius Garland in particular to play a different kind of style than what he's played his entire life since coming into the NBA. So yeah, it's going to take some time um, and there are going to be stumbles along the way, but, but I think everybody has bought into this style and this, um, this system as one that, that works at a high level for them. And the other thing is guys, they have the personnel to play this kind of way. Like I'm getting a lot of people that are saying, well, why didn't the Cavs try this last year? Why didn't the Cavs try this in the playoffs against the Knicks? Well, because they didn't have Max Struess, and they didn't know what they had in Sam Merrill, and they didn't have Jarrett Allen, this version of Jarrett Allen. So the personnel that they have has lended itself to this kind of playing style, and it really has allowed them to diversify this offense and, and make it more dynamic. Um, I want to just kind of talk for a second about the last two games before they headed into the all-star break here. I mean, they came off those, you know, those three wins on the road at Washington, Brooklyn, and Toronto. And then Mm -hmm. as I watched that Philadelphia game, I was like, man, these guys, they're ready for, I mean, they're ready for a break. Like I think the all-star break came at the right time for them, especially, but I was really impressed in the loss. Like I can sit here and look at all these W's, but the Mm -hmm. fact that they even had a shot, at the end of that Philadelphia game, regardless who's on the floor, and that they were able to battle back from 10 down so late in the game to even get that, that kind of said a lot to me about the team. And then to come back, I know the Chicago game wasn't the perfect game, but they won it. How, I guess the question is for Chris, then, you know, how important is it that this break happened right now? Because they, the, the gas level would seem to be needling on E. Oh, yeah. Um, you could tell that the, the Cavs were ready for it. You could tell... Um, that they were pretty wiped out given the stretch that they had just went on. And look, like if you're in it every single day and I'm in it every single day, it is exhausting. They played four games in six nights. They were home for like two days just to play against the, the Sacramento Kings in between two long road trips. The trade deadline was the second game of a back to back. Uh, It's just, it's just hard. But when you go to Paris, your schedule is going to be a little bit different than these other teams around the NBA. And when you have the Mac tournament coming up at rocket mortgage field house, and you have the women's final four coming up at rocket mortgage field house, you're going to be faced with a grueling March. And, and that's just the reality of the situation for the Cavs. But you could tell, I mean, look, these guys are playing high minutes. They're playing with all out effort on a nightly basis. And I think to me, that's one of the things that is most important about this, this six week turnaround is that, they found a different style offensively um, and they were able to get more shot attempts and more three pointers and more possessions and stuff like that. But it didn't come at the expense of their defense. It didn't come at the expense of all the other little things 
We've got to play hard on a nightly basis. We've got to defend our butts off at the point of attack. We've got to do the little things to make up for any kind of perceived talent gap. Those things are still at the core of who the Cavs are. It's just they have this new dynamic offense that has enhanced their identity. And that, to me, is really, really important to note. And that, to me, um, is something that it shows that at the core of this team is a defense-first team. Chris Vitor joining us, covers the Cavs for the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Who discovered that uh, Jared Allen can be a force in the offense? I don't think it was Jarrett. It seemed like it was everybody else, Chris, because when he gets involved, man, they get some real easy baskets. Well, you guys know this. Oftentimes production is a product of opportunity, right? And and early on in the season, Jarrett came into this year and he was a different player. He had a different mindset. He had a different body. He worked on his body. He worked on his game. And he was telling anybody that was willing to listen, hey, look, like I can knock down mid-range shots. I worked on that all off season. I feel really comfortable doing that. I'm confident in that shot. And he was telling everybody, Hey, I worked on my passing this off season. I worked on my face up game. I worked up on my post moves and like all this other stuff. It's just like, he didn't really have the opportunity to showcase that in the first part of the season because he was sixth on the team in total touches per game. He was getting as many touches per game as George Niang. But when Darius went out and Evan Mobley went out, there were more touches. There were more shot attempts. There was more freedom on the offensive end of the floor. There was more space on the offensive end for him to operate as well. And I think Jarrett challenged himself in a way. And he looked at it and said, okay, Evan's out. I got to hold down the fort. I got to step my game up. And he got more opportunities. He got more shot attempts. He was more involved on the offensive end of the floor. And I think that led to a greater joy. And I think it, it made him feel empowered by the coaching staff and his teammates that they were looking for him to do more. And it was up to him to showcase all those things that he said he worked on in this offseason. And you're right. You know, if Jared is going to be this level of involved on the offensive end while at the same time being as good of a defender as he is, and the Cavs have success with that particular formula with him. Like, that has to stay for the rest of the season. Like, it can't shift itself to, okay, Evan Mobley's back. He's off a minute restriction. Those touches that Jarrett was getting, um, using him as an offensive hub, that's going to shift into Evan Mobley. Because I think at this point of their careers, Jarrett Allen is a more developed um, offensive player than, than Evan is. And I think you see how how the team functions with Jarrett heavily involved and um, what it does to an opposing defense. And, and that's not something that can change um, in the final third of the season, even when Evan um, is going to be off of his minute restriction and probably going to have a little bit more involvement on the offense bet too. Chris, what is a realistic outcome that says this season was a success? So that's the thing, right? Like, um, I thought coming into this year, guys, that if the Cavs did not get out of the first round of the playoffs, if, if they had the same kind of result as last year against the Knicks, they weren't competitive. It looked like a team that was just going to be um, static moving forward. Then I, I thought that the front office was going to consider changes. I thought they would consider changes with the coaching staff and with um, – 
their personnel, the roster construction. And I still believe that. Um, at the same time, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, if they win a first-round playoff series and they get to the second round and they lose that second round, that all of a sudden they're going to make these drastic changes simply because they're the number two seed in the Eastern Conference and expectations have raised a little bit and because they've played like one of the best teams in the NBA over the stretch of the last six weeks, which is a really, really long time to be playing at that kind of level um, in the NBA in any sport, really. So I do think that it's this front office and, and the players in this locker room, um, they should want more, right? They should want to go as deep as they possibly can in the playoffs, and they should aspire to that. You want to set those lofty goals. But I also think there has to be a realistic approach attached to this when it comes to the front office and team building. And, like, if they lose in the second round of the playoffs because they happen to match up with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis and Dame or something like that, and it's a competitive series, that doesn't mean that this front office needs to go and make drastic changes and look at it as if things aren't working. So I think it depends, honestly, guys, on who they play in the first round of the playoffs and who would they would match up against in, in the second round of the playoffs. And at, at that point, I think we can have the conversation about expectations and how deep um, they can go into the playoffs. Um, in saying all of that, everything about them points to them being a legitimate contender. And the East is more vulnerable and more open than people thought at the beginning of the year, because coming into this year, it was the thought was, okay, in some order, the top three in the East are going to be Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, write that in pen. Well, Philadelphia doesn't have Joel Embiid and who knows if he's going to be healthy and effective when he actually comes back. And Milwaukee has shown a lot of vulnerability and they can't guard anybody. So it's like, the path is there for the Cavs to make a deeper run, but it's also still a young team that has enough of a runway to continue to grow organically. Um, if this front office is committed to keeping this together. And, and I think that is whether that happens or not is going to be dependent on what happens in the playoffs and how competitive they are in these series. Chris, as always have a great weekend, enjoy your time off and uh, just chill. My man, chill. I can't wait. I am going to just chill for the next four days. It's going to be really, really nice. Enjoy it, buddy. All right, Chris, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. All right, see you guys. He is Chris Fedor. He's on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Make sure you read him every day. Plain dealer, Cleveland.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 